As usual, if you could subscribe to the channel and like the video, that's great because it helps people find it. Um, that's about it in terms of the introduction, so enjoy. So, to begin with, could you just give us a bit of an overview about what your role is and what the organisation is set up to Well, I am a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee of the National Council of Resistance of Iran. The NCRI is, uh, is the parliament in exile of the Iranian resistance. Yeah. It has more, more than 500 members, yeah. uh, different parties and organisations and uh, individuals who are active inside Iran. And it's a democratic alternative, which is uh, seeking a secular, uh, free, democratic Iran. Yeah. Uh, the NCRI president-elect is uh, Mrs. Mayim Rajavi, who sent a message yeah. to parliamentarians today. She has been the guest of many parliaments uh, throughout the world, and she has got a 10-point plan yeah. for a free, democratic Iran looking for uh, uh, absolute equality between men and women, ab uh, abolition of death penalty, and Iran free of any nuclear activity and nuclear weapons, and many other uh, you know, uh, democratic values. So uh, the NCRI is being supported by many parliaments, parliamentarians and politicians throughout the world. Here in the UK, the majority in the House of Commons, and many members of the House of Lords, nearly 200 of them, have supported the NCRI as a, as a legitimate resistance movement and a true alternative to the religious dictatorship in Iran in a number of occasions. And you could see today that there were cross-party MPs and peers from uh, all the, the major parties, as well as you know, cross-bench members of the House of Lords, who were here to show their support on behalf of many of their colleagues who weren't able to, uh, to uh, be present. Uh, and uh, so we, we discussed a number of uh, very important issues today because there are four major concerns about Iran. And all of these uh, concerns were touched uh, upon today. The main concern is, of course, the horrific human rights violations in Iran. Iran under the rule of the clergy Ayatollah's uh, dictatorship has, uh, according to Amnesty International, is the biggest executioner per capita in the world. 60% of all the, all the announced executions in the world are happening in Iran, uh, according to Amnesty International. And 90% of all the executions in the Middle East, the Islamic world, is happening in Iran. And uh, uh, in addition to that, there are very degrading and horrendous punishments, like eye and uh, 
amputations of limbs, swimming, and all these medieval, brutal, barbaric things are happening in Iran in the name of God. Yeah. So as you can see, this is the most ungodly regime, which is using the name of God and religion to suppress people. This is why the Iranian people have risen up, and uh, in their hundreds of houses, and they are in the streets. Iran protests are very famous. Uh, in last November, at least 1,500 people were killed, and another 4,000 people were wounded, 12,000 people were arrested. But the demonstrations are going on. The brave young Iranians and women at the forefront of these demonstrations are asking for regime change and for democratic change in Iran. So that is uh, priority number one. The second concern is the terrorism of the regime. The Iranian mullahs have been behind massive number of terrorist activities. I myself was a target of an assassination attempt. I narrowly escaped death. I was very badly wounded. Well, chest. That happened in Turkey when I was bent there to help some Iranian refugees who had crossed the borders through the mountainous regions, and the Turkish government apparently wanted to send them back. So we were there in coordination with the human rights organizations to help and save the life of those refugees. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was great to see you. Sorry. So it's, uh, I was talking about you know, the second concern, which is terrorism of the regime and uh, how what happened to myself. I was taken to a hospital, international hospital in Turkey. I went through 14 major surgeries and I was very lucky to survive because my chance was very, very slim because I, I, I had been hit in the chest. My liver had been, 80% of my liver had gone totally smashed, you know, they put my liver in a plastic machine put together and, and, uh, and uh, I was in a near coma condition for 45 days. And even when I was in hospital, they tried twice to come and finish me off to, uh, to so, in the hospital. So who was this who was trying to, who was It was the Iranian mullahs, the, the so-called the Iranian diplomats who were terrorists, right. diplomat terrorists of the regime, uh, because the Iranian regime's embassies are really the, the nest of the spies, espionage on Iranians and terrorist activities. Right. So they had sent the people to finish me off you know, while I was in hospital. Wow. But anyhow, I survived and I have been able to speak on behalf of many of my colleagues who unfortunately have been killed throughout the world uh, in this, uh, by these uh, death squads of the Iranian mullahs. And uh, I've been to the United States, I've spoken in the US Congress, I've taken part in different meetings here in the British Parliament and I spoke on behalf of all of those who unfortunately didn't make it, yeah. they were killed. So that's the second concern. The third concern is the meddling of the Iranian mullahs in the affairs of other Middle East countries, uh, especially in Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Yemen, and all over the Islamic world, uh, the regime like an octopus has stretched, you know, its arms and tentacles to to uh, usurp, you know, uh, other countries. So, could you give us just a quick overview of what their objectives are? So, why are they interfering in the way they are? Well, this is a, this is a religious dictatorship, which is after another Ottoman-like empire. You know, the founder of this uh, theocracy, yeah. Khomeini, said once, you know, when he was still around, that uh, Islam knows no boundaries. Yeah. So he, uh, they, uh, they continued the war with Iraq for eight years because they wanted to use Iraq as a jump board you know, for conquering the, the other Middle East and Islamic countries. So this regime is an expansionist terrorist regime 
which has been using, uh, you know, other Arab, Arabic and uh, Muslim countries as uh, they call them, you know, the depths of their strategy. Yeah. Ali Khamenei once said, the supreme leader of the regime, that if we are defeated, uh, you know, in, in Syria, then the enemy will take, uh, will overthrow us, you know, in Tehran. Yeah. So Syria, Iraq, Yemen is playing, you know, such a role for the regime. So what do you say, because I know this is going to be quite a short interview, so what do you say to people in the West who are reluctant to speak out about the situation in Iran because they think it might be, you know, offensive? So what's the best way, do you think, for people in the West to I think the, big, the big majority of Iranians who have been executed are true Muslims. Yeah. And this regime, although it calls itself a Muslim uh, regime, yeah. but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an imposter regime. And the Ayatollahs, uh, there is a bunch of Ayatollahs, clerics, who are despised by the Iranian people. You know, the big majority of Iranians who have been executed, they are Muslims, they are Shiite, yeah. as well as you know, Sunnis and uh, Christians and Jews and so on and so forth. So this, uh, this phenomenon of Islamic fundamentalism has to be challenged and forfeit from within Iran, inside Iran, and by the Muslim people who yeah. themselves have risen up. Against it. Nobody has got anything against Islam. It's not called Islamophobia. Yes. I'm a Muslim myself. I'm a committed Muslim. Yeah. But I'm diametrically opposed you know, to these brutal religious fundamentalists yeah. who uh, are against God, who are against uh, religion. Every Quranic verse starts with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, which means uh, in the name of God, the most compassionate, the most merciful. So, so is this what the mullahs are representing? They are executing and brutally uh, even executing the children. So you see, it should be possible to criticize it politically without having to necessarily be criticizing the whole religion. Of course, of course. So have you heard of the White Wednesday, White Wednesday's campaign? I have, yes. What do you think about those, the, that campaign? Well, I think that campaign is important, but what is more important is the true uh, protest in Iran and the bloody suppression of the Iranians and those Iranians, brave Iranians, students, workers, and uh, teachers, and from all the strata of the Iranian society, who have risen up, and they are being brutally murdered in Iran. Of course, this, uh, I think what's uh, the hijab and uh, forcing uh, women to wear the hijab is absolutely uh, disgusting. And we, as the main Iranian resistance movement, the National Council of Resistance of Iran, have in many occasions have condemned this. And Mrs. Rajavi, who herself is a, a true Muslim woman, she has said, you know, uh, in, the, in the future democratic government of Iran, no religion will have any superiority over other religions, and women will be absolutely free to wear whatever they like. And this is the minimum uh, freedom of the Iranian women. We very much support that. But I think we should support the protests of the Iranian people who want to overthrow this regime and to bring demo a real democratic change to Iran. Yeah. And so at the moment, how democratic would you say it is in Iran, just for someone who's got no understanding of the region at all? It's, it has got no semblance, you know, Not. no resemblance to okay. any democratic values. This is a, it's a religious tyranny. It's absolutely... Uh, it's a medieval uh, regime which belongs to uh, medieval ages. Iran is a land of literature, science, and a very ancient country. And Iranian people are very educated people. They are very progressive people who deserve a, a real democratic government. They don't 
deserve to have these turban mullahs with such a dark ideology who want to who want to suppress them. And this is why, you know, finally the people of Iran, despite all the horrific uh, suppression, have risen up and they are ready to overthrow the regime. Well, yeah, I wish, I definitely wish them well. Um, one final question. In terms of the killing of the general, which you've just seen recently, mm-hmm. what is, so in the West we've had quite a big debate about whether that was the right decision and a lot of people think it's Western interference, but other people think that there's some form of reaction to what he'd been doing to US and Western forces. So what's your view of that as someone who's opposed the regime? Are you in favor of it or are you against that? Well, I think uh, nobody uh, mourned uh, Bassem Soleimani's death because he was a brutal mass murderer. If not responsible for millions of deaths, I, I really believe that, in Syria, in Iraq, in Lebanon, all over the Islamic world, and tens of thousands of executions inside Iran, he was certainly responsible for hundreds of thousands of killings throughout the world. And uh, he, he was the other coin of uh, Abu Bakr Baghdadi, the Daesh uh, leader, and also Osama bin Laden. So nobody mourned, uh, you know, the death of those. And uh, he was not a general. He was not a part of the Iranian military, uh, the regular army of Iran. He was a commander-in-chief of a terrorist force, which is known as Quds Force, which is the fifth division of the Revolutionary Guards. And this Revolutionary Guard is a paramilitary organization which was created to preserve the regime. And its main role has been brutal repression inside Iran and external uh, terrorism and the warmongering, crisis mongering in the region. Yep. So Qasem Soleimani's death was celebrated by millions of Iranians, millions of Iraqis, and millions of Syrians. So I think that speaks for itself. Okay. Actually, one more question. Just I mean, yeah, go ahead. What do you think about what if you? So if the regime does eventually go get overturned and you manage to implement some form of democratic system in Iran. How will relations with Israel change, do you think? What would be your ideal relationship with Israel and between Israel and Iran? Well, I think, uh, you know, the National Council of Resistance of Iran was the first uh, party in the whole Middle East which supported the Oslo Pact between Palestinian Kurds and Israel. So we have... uh, we have always said, you know, we would like to live in coexistence with all our neighbors. I think uh, Iran, which, as I said, has always played a major role in the region for its geostrategy and geopolitical uh, importance, where it's situated and more than 80 million population, has always played a major role in the whole Islamic world. Iran, as it has been in many uh, occasions, can become a center of stability and uh, tranquility in the region, living in coexistence with all its Arab neighbors, with Palestinians and with other countries in the region. Or it, unfortunately, can become like what it is now under the Ayatollahs, an epicenter of terrorism, warmongering, crisis mongering. So by ending this religious dictatorship, I think the whole region will be free. Amazing. Thank you very much, my friend. Boom, 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 boom,